Welcome back to the Professional Step That Show. I'm your host, Frank Zavala. This is episode 111. Today's episode will be um, an interview I did on the Encouragement Engineering Podcast. Uh, the host, Bob, was an incredible uh, gentleman for having me on, for inviting me. We had a great conversation. It goes a little bit over 30 minutes. Um, and um, basically what it is, is his podcast is really focused on helping others achieve and aspire to be better and um, a lot of encouragement, a lot of motivation, inspiration in, in a lot of his shows. So I highly recommend that you um, take a look at his show on YouTube. The link's right here. Um, so yeah, yeah, we just had a great conversation. And um, oh, let's get it. If you have not, please like, subscribe, share to the show, hit that notification button. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, TikTok, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, and of course, theprofessionalstepdad.com. Um, Head over there, fill out the paperwork. When I say paperwork, I don't mean like fucking paperwork. I mean like fill out the form that's on the last page to become a part of our group or part of our community. The only real way to um, win as a stepdad and as a step parent is to do it together. So um, head over there, put in information. I promise I'm not going to spam you or anything like that. Um, it's just basically just gathering a lot of data so that when we do get bigger, when this platform does reach a level that I know it can get to. Um, we can bring everybody with us. So again, this is episode 111, um, interview I did on the Encouragement Engineering Podcast. I hope you enjoy it. So please welcome to the show, Franco Zavala. Franco, thank you so much. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you having me on. Oh, it's, it's a pleasure. And it's, it's an interesting concept that happens a lot in our society today. And I think, you know, people need to understand the value that a stepdad brings to a, to an environment, understand what it takes and the value that, you know, the perspective it takes to, to do this. So if we could first start out, let's tell some people about you and how you got to where you are. All right. Well, um, so I have been a stepdad now going on, I'm going to be going on my 13th year. Okay. I've only been married 10, but I've been in their, in their lives for about 13. So, um, and when I became a stepdad, I did it after I moved back to Arizona from, um, from the East Coast, where I was in the United States Army for about eight or nine years. Thank you for your service. Yeah, anytime, anytime. So um, when I got back to Arizona, my objective was I'm 31 years old and I don't want to get a regular job. I just didn't feel like I wanted, I wanted to be an actor. Um, and there's a lot that got me to that point. So I decided at the age of 31, I was going to try it and I was going to try to become an actor in Hollywood. And then I ended up reconnecting with one of my uh, my grade school friends, and she had just lost her husband, and we were, and we had been friends for our whole life. Um, grew up six houses down from one another. Wow! And, and um, so you know, I went to the funeral just as a friend. Yeah. More. And um, and you know, being an actor and going to school because the military pays for me to go to school, and I was able to do all that. I was able to help out with the children. Wow. No intentions of trying to anybody. I just wanted to be there for her. And uh, a little bit into our journey, she decided to take me out to dinner for a thank you. Dinner turned into a movie, movie turned into dancing, and I haven't looked back. Cool. 
good 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 and that's you know that's the thing people look at the bright side of this you know we got to we got to look at the positive side of things and that's a great story anyway. about things that occur in life and and how you grew into that now it's interesting because um we mentioned as we were talking a little bit before stepdadding mm -hmm. there's a stereotype scenario and i didn't realize this yeah. tell us about that because you always hear about you know the, the wicked stepmother etc yeah, um yeah. but you never hear too much about the stepdad scenario. So tell us uh, that's that stigma or, you know, that stereotype, if you would. So there's a, there's a, the current narrative around what it means to be a stepfather in, in today's society is, 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 has a lot of different layers to it. But one of the main layers that every stepdad faces, especially in the beginning is the, um, the, the obstacles and the, and the, the way that the individuals are thinking towards a man that is trying to replace somebody that was there before and uh and when you look at stepdads and if you look at hollywood you look at books you look at tv we're painted as you know pedophiles or alcoholics or we beat our wives or we do we do you know there's so much negativity around it that not a lot of men like to step up and step into this situation mainly because of all the baggage that comes with it because there's a lot to be said when it comes to trying to gain the trust and love of a new family. And then there's a whole different thing to be said when you're trying to block out the noise of uh, bio mom or dad, um, aunt, uncles, neighbors, friends. I mean, just so many people right. trying to do what to do. And, you know, you get pulled in so many different directions. And that's a good point. I mean, you got to be one, you have to be strong, but I, was also looking up some more information about with your website and stuff and it talked about be your best self first or love yourself first yeah and that step that falls right into what you just said i mean you've got to be strong in yourself how did you do that you know so as you were stepping into the scenario you had to be pretty strong for yourself so you could avoid what he said she said the neighbors uh, you know and the aunts and uncles etc well so for my scenario, my situation was a little bit different. So first, I want to back up and say that I didn't even talk about being a stepdad or the things that I did being a stepdad until I was about 10 years in. Right. And the reason for it is because I wanted to make sure that before I decided to share information and before I decided to offer any knowledge to any man or, or the stepmoms, I wanted to make sure that the stuff that I was going to offer you, I've done, I went through, I kind of worked my way through it, and here's the result that I got. So that is backed up to when I exited the military, I moved to Florida, and I met a guy named Bob Proctor, who just recently passed away. Yep. And Bob and I became real close. I met him at a seminar, and we became so close that I ended up working directly for Bob. And I was working with him in Toronto, and I was working with him through the East Coast, where his office was in West Palm Beach. And I got to experience two and a half years of Bob Proctor, of mentally, uh, physically, like how he wanted me to do things, how he wanted me to act. And he taught me one main thing about myself, which was before I can affect any real change with anything, I got to first fix me. I got to figure out why I react, why I overreact, why I respond, and why I did the things that I did that would sabotage my growth. So that was step one and being a stepdad, which was before I could offer you information or before I could offer any other family information, you got to work on you first. Right. Period. Right. Always has to be like that. 
and that's a, a good point because that builds your foundation. <clears throat> Excuse me. And you want to have that strong foundation. Um, you've got it. Like you said, you got to know who you are. You got to know what your trigger points are and how you're going to respond to that properly. Mm-hmm. Because um, as you know, I mean, five kids, I mean, there's nothing simple about that. Mm-hmm. Things are going to happen. Things are going to trigger you. How do you respond to all that constant, if you will, mayhem and, you know, <laughs> that's, that's a great question. So I've, I, out of my, my five kids, I've got four girls. So wow. now mind you <laughs> now, remember I'm a stranger, even though I've yeah. known my wife since we were six, I'm still a stranger. Yeah. And, you know, and then when you, you add on that, that label and that narrative around stepdads, immediately it's like four girls, new man, what's he going to do? Like how, like, their minds just completely go to the negative right not thinking that you know you know that we have nothing to do with that but the way you 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 kind of steer away from that in the beginning is is something that i avoided and i'm happy that i did and the one main thing that i avoided was i decided that i wasn't going to make the same mistake that nine out of ten stepdads do which is go all in on the kids Yes, be a yes man. Try right. to do anything that they need and want. Um, you know, try to try to do the things that dad wouldn't do, let's say, or that mom mom would say. Um, and that is just backwards. That is okay. really backwards. I've got this model that I have and what I teach. It's called me, us, them, which is gotta work on you first. Mm-hmm. Working on how why why do you respond to certain ways like for me, it was, you know, like when I would hear crying or screaming out loud, why was I, why, what was that trigger for me? Why? So I had to sit down and I wrote out all the things that were triggering me. And then I would reverse engineer them to try to understand how to respond to them different, not to react to them different. Um, so when you go from the me and then the us is the teamwork, you and your wife, there's a, there is a very there's a false narrative around the parenting aspect of being a step parent um, that is within almost every scenario in our blended family world, which is your stepdad, this is bio mom. She does the disciplining, she does all this, stay away, keep your distance. And when I need you all, I'll ask. And that's just ass backwards. Right. It really, it, this is, at the end of the day, this is parenting. Yeah. This is using young adults to become uh, individuals that can enter the world in a way that they can be productive. And when there is division within the home, it will fall every time. And that's a great, another great point is that solid. It it is parenting and parenting is a team sport. Um, you can't do it alone. And it, you know, yeah, you do even in, you know, I've fallen on that sword as well in, in my marriage and it's, um, you know, you, you lighten up on something and you, you, you know, the other one has to pick it up and it doesn't fare well just for your relationship, let alone what, you know, you, you, what the child has to endure because life is hard and life stuff's going to happen. It's better. They learn at home rather than from somebody else. And that somebody else could be the law that somebody else could be something else. So you don't want that. Um, if they can, you know, do it in a safe scenario, let's do that. Yeah. Um, it's interesting too, because, um, your journey it seems like an iceberg effect like there's a whole lot underneath the surface of the of the you know ocean if you will and people only see that top 10 percent. is that what you've gone through yeah you know um i've i've keeping it quiet and keeping to myself 
um, has been like a driving motivator to kind of share where I am now. But that whole, that I love that iceberg thing. Like they see the happiness of the family and they see like our family photos and our vacations and our trips. But they, there are so many hours of me learning how to shut up and just, <laughs> just listen. See, one of the, one of the things that I, I am so proud of is that I learned that my kids and my wife, sometimes they just need me to listen. They don't need me to solve anything, you know? And I thought I was supposed to be this problem solver, right? I had an answer for everything. I had a, a response for everything. And I think the best advice uh, Bob ever gave me before he passed away was shut up and listen. Yeah. And, uh, and so I took that and I applied it, you know, and there's, there's so much creativity and amazingness that has come out of the circumstances like like the one circumstance every step that gets <clears throat> when you're in an argument with one of your kids over something stupid and they say the phrase you can't talk to me like that you're not my real dad and most men will just go right will just sink in they will go into a in your anger or depression and they and you know and they just like i chose to use it as creativity and i ended up writing a freaking script a movie script because I, was, I just needed to tell this story. I'm like, how can I explain to my daughter, Emma, that I'm a military guy, has no idea what I'm doing. I'm trying to do my best here. And, and how can I express that to her? So I wrote a script. And, huh. and, and if I fast forward through that whole scenario, Bob, I ended up making that movie about 24 months later. Wow. Um, and it was on Netflix for two years. Wow. Very cool. The really cool thing is, is now my daughter, Emma, when she does a college, when she did her college application, they, they ask you, what's the one unique thing about you? And she can go, there's a movie about me. Wow. Pretty, it was pretty awesome. Yeah, that's very cool. And because that's, like you said, it's a real life scenario. And I think that's what makes all this genuine is you've lived it. You've gone through the trenches. You've been in the mud. You've been in the arguments. You've been in the crying sessions it's not easy. Parenting is not easy, no matter who's involved. Um, it's, it's a lot, um, especially with today's world with all the influences and all the craziness. Um, you know, and, and we, we gotta, if you will, I want to say protect, but you don't want to necessarily protect because life is hard. Life is not going to be protected. And you've got to let children sometimes experience hurt and pain and the, the idea of that you're going to have to work for things. And that can be, sometimes that can be hard and you, it's definitely, you know, a hard thing that you, we've learned and continuing that on so that they're adapt to our next, you know, their phase in the world and growth, I think is critical. I agree 100%. Now, we, since I am the encouragement engineer and I do talk about positivity, how does like positive thinking and positive action play into your role as a stepfather? Oh, well, so everything that I've learned from the books that I've read to the seminars that I've, I've done, um, the positivity within this home comes and it always stems from like what we do in the morning, meaning um, there's a thing with my kids where, they, where they're doing their sports or their schoolwork. When they come into the house for the first 10 minutes, no matter what, they have to speak only good things about their day. Now, I know that's not like... I know we all experience bad days. We have we flat tires, bad tests in school, you yeah. lost the game, whatever it might be. But for 10 minutes, you only can talk good. That's it, 10 minutes. And we'll put a little, I have, I, I, I'll check, show you this real quick, but there's this little timer thing that I bought. Oh, cool. 
head out and I'll put it on in, in 10 minutes and, we're, and it'll tick away. And we just kind of all share each other, like what's something really cool and how did we, what did we do with it? And then after the 10 minutes goes off, it's funny, that negative thing that happened to them suddenly is not that big of a deal anymore. Right. right? Because we chose to focus, take the focus off of what wasn't working and we chose to focus on what did work. And um, those, that's something we apply every, all the time. And, you know, if I wouldn't have really studied the love languages of my children and the love languages of myself and the love languages of my wife, I wouldn't have known how to properly communicate that with my kids. Right. Because uh, it doesn't work for everybody. Because yeah. when you force something onto them, you know, you got to make it seem like almost like it was their idea, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, uh, but the five love languages for children and the five love languages for adults, that those books, I kind of flew through in two days. I was so just inundated with the information because I did not know that there was different ways to communicate to people. Just didn't right. know. Yeah, zero. So uh -huh. we got positive spin and the, um, the, the happiness that comes into this home, especially with me and my son being the only men with a room, with a house full of girls, you know, sometimes... Yeah. Teaching him how to be respectful at the same time, being a brother, you know, he's going to be a kid. So yeah, we got to respect women. We got to take care of mom. We got to learn things that dad does just in case something happens, things like that. Yeah. And that's, you know, I think that's important. What you said there is that positive thinking. It's not Pollyanna. It does take that negativity and push it down, make it, it puts it in its, in its perspective. Mm -hmm. negativity you know doesn't have to be the center of our life and great job great idea for that I, I like that idea of the timer because it's it's physical it's like they're they're looking at it like you said mm -hmm. because they start focusing on that and then what goes on and they hear you know maybe another story from another sibling they can grow from that as well and how they reacted to it so that's that's really interesting yeah, um, it, it worked yeah it, it's interesting because it brings in one of the things you said um parts of trust patience and purpose into life i think it really you know reiterates that idea because the growth with the positivity and you know how that how that changed your actions have changed what you did yeah i agree i mean and it's also influenced it's influenced their the way that the, how the children were because like my oldest daughter who's now married when i came into the family she was you know the closest to her father Right. And their father, their father had passed away from a heart attack just suddenly out of nowhere. Um, and a lot of people say to me, Franco, you know, it's not the same for you because you don't have bio dad living down the street, kind of breathing down your throat and stuff like that. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I go, bio dad is relevant, meaning you have the dad. I get it. I don't. But you know what I had? I had all the grandparents, yeah. all, the, all the family members, everybody coming at me. It's like worse than just one person. I had like 50. Yeah. Um, but my daughter was so close to her father that when he passed away, she kind of, she went down, downhill mm -hmm. and she was the hardest by far to connect with. I see. Um, and now you should see this girl. I mean, she's married and she's, you know, starting her own business, but she puts a positive spin on everything. And it's cool when you can take a step back and go every little tiny thing that we did that trying to help her build that confidence and self-worth is paying off big time. Yeah. It's, it's interesting is that my oldest is going to be 25 this month. And yeah, you see that change and you're like, 
they're getting it. You know, they're starting to get it. Wow, this does. Yeah, exactly. You go, yeah. wow, this kind of works. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's definitely you you see that, you feel good, and you start to understand the hard road you went through was worth it. Yeah. You know, and it, it, of course it, I think of course it is, you know, from the time they're little babies to the time they grow up and tell you, you don't know anything. And then they realize, well, maybe you did. <laughs> yeah. Right. And they go away for a little bit, but they always make their way back. Yeah. Change <laughs> the locks, you know, just. <laughs> Change the locks. That's good. <laughs> yeah. But um, it's interesting too. One of the things you, you talk about is um, I call it 10 second mindset, 10 second Tom mindset. Yeah. You know, 10 second Tom from that. Uh, I uh, love 10 second Tom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah my, kids, my kids love that movie, but 10 second Tom is awesome. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm Tom. But <laughs> tell us about that mindset, 10 seconds, if you would. Well, so it's the whole, it's, it's the mindset of, of understanding that the quicker that you can process something in a way where, you realize that it's really has no real effect on kind of like your next steps and what you want to do. Um, I've learned that it's, it's, it's such a harder activity to execute by yourself. Okay. It's, it's better to involve others. And sometimes you can't. So what we try to teach the kids is <clears throat> with having that 10 second Tom mindset that think like, you know, that fish mindset, if you want to, um, a goldfish, you know, has the shortest memory. It's, when something's not going right, or when, when you want to, if you're, let's just say you're trying to execute something, write down just real quick. I mean, as fast as you can, without thinking, write down what you want the end result to be, what you think your biggest obstacle is, and where you would want to start. And what then we ask them to do is, okay, kids, bring that to us. And then our job is to just go, okay, go. Just execute. Just start there. Now, don't worry about the end result. That's where you want to get. And it's this whole forgetting all the bad and negative stuff that happened because it happens all the time and just focusing on the, you have to pile up all the bad stuff because those are like the stepping stones to reach where you need to get. And failure is a good thing. Yeah. It's a great thing. Failure teaches and winning doesn't teach anything. Right. It feels good. Yeah. <laughs> but, that's, um, yeah, that's so true. I mean, you think about anything you do and those experiences bad or good they build up in your mind and you got to have that movie that shows you that path of okay this didn't work but this did and you know how you got to that that like you said that end result eventually you'll you will get there it's just don't try to look for the whole path now um i had another guest on my podcast and they talked about you know, sometimes you got to put that question off because our mind will immediately go to, well, I can't do that because this, I don't have enough money. I don't have the skills. I wasn't born into this, but blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Put that off and just start. Um, another friend of mine, Chris Kermitzos wrote a book said, start ugly. Ooh, just start. That's, you know? <clears throat> yeah. that's really, really good. But that's the best advice ever. I mean, think about it. For an individual who is wanting to start a business or leave a company or join a company or, you know, um, Maybe they're going to go after this one, like my wife went after becoming a professional fitness competitor out of nowhere when she turned 40. Like, what? Yeah. Like, who does that? But it wasn't about, it wasn't about like, she wasn't chasing anything other than the disciplines that it took to start. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Think about that. I mean, and you look at anybody, I love watching like the history channel and, you know, things that made America great. 
those people didn't start with a big path in mind that they'd have this huge conglomerate. Right. You know, Krispy Kreme started out in the depression, starting, they, they started down the street from a, um, uh, Reynolds, not Reynolds, but the, um, cigarette making fan manufacturer. Right. I think it was Winston or something. It was in Winston, North Carolina. And they just started out that way. And the reason <clears throat> they had people start to come to their shop because they smelled the donuts made cooking, but God. they were selling wholesale. And so that was, you know, this shift, the guy thought, wait a second, they keep asking for it. He busted a hole in the wall. And yeah. that's how they got their, their window, if you will, to come in for people to buy the donuts directly. <clears throat> so, well, yeah, you know, it's like, yeah, I well, think smart to smell too. <laughs> yeah. Smart right down from a factory, you know, they're going to smell it. And it's, but like you said, it's that scenario of, okay, just start and watch what comes about from, you know, you never know. I mean, when we first learned how to ride bikes, we weren't perfect, right? No. So you learned, you learned how to balance. Okay, don't lean that far. Don't make the turn so tight. You know, we grew from that. One of the things that, one of the things that we, we, other than like the whole just start, like just see what happens. Yeah. See what happens. My, my whole thing with the kids and even with my wife when she began her fitness, her fitness journey, it is, okay, you can start anywhere. You don't need the whole plan. You don't need to know the whole, you don't need to see the whole staircase in order to take the first step. Yeah. You got that. But what I do want from you is I want a commitment to consistency. Yeah. So I'll have me and my wife do it every year, but I have the kids sign a commitment to consistency contract with cool. me. And what I'll do is I'll put it on a big old post-it board and yeah. I'll slap it on their wall. And every time that they like want to quit or stop or they're like, I can't do this or it's not working, I'll, I'll tell them, I go, look, this is you. You sign that. This is your past you. You owe it to that person to keep going. Right. It's a consistency and just keep moving forward. And I think, you know, you being in the military, they taught you that as well. There wasn't necessarily a return path. No. Because <laughs> you, know, you never know where you are, what you have to do, but that's a commitment. You're committing forward. And I think that's great for people. Like you said, committing to that discipline. That's hard for people to say a lot of times, a big D. It's, you know, right. discipline is hard. It's extremely hard for, especially for people that have never been taught the importance of routines and discipline and habits. I mean, think about it. Most of us live our lives based off of the routines, disciplines, and habits that we had from being a kid. Like yeah. a lot of people don't ever grow that part of their life, those three things. And that's, that's, that could change a lot of people's lives, just those little tiny tweaks. And that's a good point. Yeah, is when you're helping the younger generation when they're growing up, those are habits they'll have for the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. You know, it's that's a great, great analogy, great reminder for everybody. And I think that's what you know, team sports definitely helps do that. Uh -huh. But you've got to stay with it, and that commitment is is a great scenario for that. So thanks right. for that reminder. Uh, of course. Now, there's also you talk about value in helping others um, grow like you're talking and coaching. I mean, you're doing that with the kids. Do you do that with other people? How do you, how do you do that? Yeah. So, I mean, so when I started the show and when I started talking about this whole stepdad journey, um, I made a commitment to myself that I was just going to just talk and, and eventually I'll have, I've had some, some parents. It's funny. A lot of bio moms get a hold of me because they are desperately seeking information on how to help their new husband navigate their way through this home because they are in over their heads. They don't know what they got into. Maybe they committed to something that they probably shouldn't have. 
Um, I think the difference between me helping people and like a lot of other people on these platforms of blended families that try to help people, it's um, I don't I don't I don't I can't I don't have to, I don't sell anything to anybody, right? Like I don't have any program, I don't have any workbooks, I, I don't have anything like that. Everything that I do have that would be con be considered something you can have is just stuff that I've already used, and I'm like, hey, if you want this, you're gonna have it. But um, with these with these family members, especially the bio moms that are trying to get help for their for their husbands. Um, getting them to just commit to one conversation is tough right. because, because you know as well as I know and the stigma of men is if you need to ask for help you're failing and that's so wrong it's if you ask for help you're growing you're doing the right thing you're admitting hey I don't have all the answers but I'm willing and I'm aware that I need to seek information to be better and that's what I do with these stepdads. And that's a great reminder because it's so critical to know we can't ask for help. I think society is turning that stigma around or trying to. Um, but I think it's a T-shirt that needs to be made. You know, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to, you know, build your, your brain power. Um, you, that's, I think, one of the critical things that I see you doing is helping those that, like you said, are in over their head. They may be sinking and swimming hard, but they don't know what to do. And here's a guy, here's what I did, you know? Yeah, and yeah. But I don't, I don't sugarcoat it or puppy dogs and ice cream it either, buddy. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to you, if, uh, if I think that you're effing up, yeah. I'm just going to tell you. I yeah. mean, I, I, mean I, was in, I was a, a non-commissioned officer in the military. I don't have time to be babying you. Look, yeah. you came to me, which means that you're at a point in your life or you're either needing help or you're walking out. Here's, here's what I tell the first thing I tell stepdads is this. Before we move any further, you need to take that foot that's out the door, you need to bring it in. Because here's the thing about men becoming stepdads, especially in the first few years. They keep a metaphorical foot out the door wow. just in case they need to go. Wow. And because of that metaphorical foot, they can never be all in, which means they're not fully present, right. which means they're not paying attention, which means their growth can never happen. You metaphorically got to bring that foot in and you got to commit to the consistency of growth. Period. Wow. I love that. I've got to write that down. Commit to the consistency of growth. Commit to... That's I have great. These, I have these bracelets. My son and I play basketball and I have these bracelets made for us. And I realize it's a good motto for stepdads, but these bracelets, so basketball, the number one rule when you shoot is follow through, right? Simple rule, but it's also the best rule for anything you do in life. Yeah. If you're going to say, I'm going to do something, follow through. Yeah. If you're going to say you're going to be a good dad and you're going to be a good husband and a good partner, a good leader and a good mentor, follow through. So I got all these bracelets made for me and my son to just say, follow. it's just a reminder. Not only is it a basketball term for me, but it's follow through everything. If I say I'm going to do it, do it. And that's a great, great motto, great reminder, because that's where a lot of people fall off. You know, they, they don't make that other call for that sale. They don't follow up with, you know, the loved one that said, okay, yeah, I'll call you when I'm on my way or when I get there and they forget or get sidetracked or whatever. Somebody starts worrying. And then you get into that, that argument, well, you didn't call. And, you know, it just, like yeah. you said, follow through two simple words. Yeah. 
Yeah, people, especially in sales, man. I mean, don't get me started on sales. <laughs> don't get me started on sales. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I understand what you mean with that. So, <laughs> well, Franco, I, I, you know, let's tell people where they can get a hold of you, what they can, you know, what they can find, you know, what other programs you might have, because I know um, our friend Joel Hallbaker introduced you to me, and I, I just want to let everybody know about that because you and Joel are doing some great work with, you know, stepfather scenarios and what you're doing with the step families and so forth with you. So tell us more about how people can get a hold of you. Awesome. So the, uh, so the website is theprofessionalstepdad.com. There's a portion on there where you can, uh, you know, send in any questions. You can connect with me through that way. We also have the professional stepdad um, on Instagram and TikTok. And then contact at theprofessionalstepdad.com. Right now, um, I'm getting ready to kind of plan this kind of end of the year, not tour, but I want to try to visit at least three different states where I want to be talk. I want to go talk to parents um, and blended families, kind of like a, a, of a more of a Q&A so I can kind of hear people's perspective on where they're at and then give them real-time advice um, so other people can get it. So I'm going to be, I haven't picked the cities yet, but that's where I'm going to be going. So if anybody that's listening wants me to come to their city or they like me to speak at their event, you know, by all means, just connect with me. Just remember, Hey, you're not going to get some cookie version of somebody. I, I, I can't say that any other way. Yeah. It, it won't, but it will be colorful. We'll put it that it'll way. Be colorful. Look, I'm a loving man. I've got five kids. I'm loving. I am the biggest. As a matter of fact, my thing when I go into any audition is if a casting director says, tell us a little bit about yourself. I first thing I say to them is I say, um, well, that's, that's easy. I'm a, I'm a bunny in gangster clothing. <laughs> and then I don't say another word and then I wait for them to go what what is that what is that mean? and I say well I'm a bunny in gangster clothing it means on the outside I've got tattoos I'm a big dude if I'm you know 10 o'clock at night I'm in like a tank top and you're coming down the other way chances are you're moving but if you get to know me you know I love the notebook and I cry at movies and I'm a big old I'm a big old baby I'm a I'm a bunny in gangster clothing so that's the same thing I do with these with these talks and these and these seminars which is if you're going to come, you need to know that you're going to come to get an answer that you might not necessarily want, but that you need. Yeah. So. Oh, wow. Well, Franco, thank you so much for taking the time today, for, you know, doing this for us. I really appreciate what you're doing for our society and, and who you're doing it for. I mean, the families, we need that. Our, our blended society today definitely needs your work and they need a straight answer. And thank you for providing that for people. And for thank you for being a guest on the Encouragement Engineering Podcast today. Thank I really man. appreciate it. I am so blessed to be here. And I, I thank you so much for just reaching out and me, allowing me to just spend some time with you, Bob. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you, Franco. You have a great day. Okay, man, you too. All right. <laughs>